0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello, Ethan of the House of Bolton.
1: Hello, Josiah of the House Pits.
0: I like that you actually didn't include that preposition in there, of yeah. the House Pits. Yeah. yeah and yeah. whereas I was the Looney Tune who said, <laughs> of the House of Bolton.
1: <laughs> I'm trying, you know, I'm just trying this whole full immersion, you know, I'm trying to immerse myself in the fictitious lore that we've just made up. I want it to feel
0: real. <laughs> Uh, speaking of fictitious, no. <laughs> oh, no. This, is, <laughs> I, this guy had some fictitious <sighs> ideas. but Boy, Ethan. Yes. Did I get a weird phone call this past week? I've heard that you got a
1: weird phone call. and I'm <sighs> very eager to learn more.
0: It it was zany. <laughs> okay. It's, which, to be fair, weird phone calls, it's not abnormal in pastoral work. Well, that stresses me out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm sure there are, like, fields where that's not abnormal. Like, maybe lawyers, you know, pastors. I'm sure graphic designers get weird.
1: No. no. Everything everybody knows to just email us. Ah. Because that way I can be, like,
0: miffed <laughs> privately. And know? then say something. Well, all that to say, you know, not not unusual to get weird phone calls at the church. But, boy, this one was... This one was next level. Okay. Okay, so this gentleman calls the church. Let's let's set up the backstory so that you understand why we're doing this podcast. This is what inspired this. Okay, you're getting you're getting lore of this podcast. Yes. So this gentleman calls the church and he says he's got a question about the Bible. Which If this gentleman happens to be listening for some reason to our podcast, hello, sir. (laughs) If you'd actually like to talk face-to-face, my offer to buy you coffee still stands, even though you rejected me in very, very, very staunch terms.
1: Well, I mean, if if, if the answer's still no, I will
0: take you up. There we go. Thank you. Thank you.
1: I will take you up for Starbucks.
0: (laughs) So he calls, and he asks me if I can answer this question he has about the Bible. Which, to be honest, should have been my first clue that something was amiss. Along with the fact that he was calling from a private unlisted number. Which just, for some reason, that just sends warning signals. So anyway, I say, I'll try. Okay. And then he proceeds to go on this 10-minute monologue, which wasn't actually that long. (laughs) But boy, did it feel like it. So he goes on this monologue where he doesn't really ask a question about the Bible. He just goes on and on, taking me to these references in scripture where he's trying to prove that Jesus isn't God, mm. that if I'm remembering what he said correctly, the doctrine of the Trinity is a doctrine of fantasy and wishful thinking. He may have even throw the word elf in there. I don't remember. And then he said, I'm incurring blood guilt on myself because I'm teaching heresy. Blood guilt. Blood Those are the guilt. words he used.
1: Blood guilt. Blood guilt. A hyphenated blood guilt. See, here's the thing. I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm very interested. I want to start using that in my everyday. Yeah. Blood guilt. You know. Blood guilt. Ooh, it's like you have bad service at a restaurant, and <laughs> instead of writing a tip, you just write
0: blood guilt. Blood <laughs> guilt. Like, what is going on? <laughs> My mistake was, in the words of Solomon, in Proverbs 26, 4, I made, I made the mistake of answering a fool according to his folly. Or well, he's not having that coffee with you now. <laughs> well, oh, he definitely was not having it with me anyway by the end of this conversation. He wolf doggy. So, you know, I tried to take him to the scriptures that spoke contrarily to his views. And at one point, I took him to a scripture, and all he said was that I had back of the napkin thoughts and shallow logic. And uh, then ever really addressed my points. Oh, okay. He mumbled something and then went on. Which you know, I don't know. Maybe in all fairness, maybe that's what he's saying to his friends. You know, maybe he's like, "Man, I, I made this guy look like an idiot." Maybe this is know. a separate
1: podcast somewhere. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's These bastards that. can't ask questions, can't answer questions.
0: <laughs> that's, he's, he recorded the conversation, you know, and he's going to play it later. <laughs> We're going to find each other. That's great. Um, but then he somehow, from that moment, he concluded by going on a rant about how Easter and Halloween shouldn't be celebrated and. I he love, was. I he, love those holidays. Yeah, and he was about to say something weird about Easter eggs. <laughs> I don't really. I don't know. I mean, he was getting weird. I don't know. And at that point, I was like, all "Well, right. like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang up now. Bye." And okay. he's like, "I bet you are." And click, and he hung I up before bet I did. You are. Like, whoa! He was like, he had to beat me to hanging up. That's next level. That was. I just thought that was funny. So, <laughs> aside from the Lord using this event as a sanctifying thing in my life, because you know, I learned how quickly and astutely impatient I am. If that makes any sense at all. All that was to say is it did get me thinking a lot about how central the doctrine of the Trinity is to the life of the church, and particularly the doctrine of Christ's divinity, because that was he was like hell bent, and I don't think I'm <laughs> misusing that term, hell-bent on trying to say that Jesus is not God, that he's not divine. And so that whole doctrine, there's a reason that councils were formed around this and creeds were written about this mm. and why people make zany phone calls about this sort of thing, right? Because if Jesus is not God. I mean, however you slice the question, it profoundly changes our understanding of salvation. Yeah. Scripture, our relationship to and with God. And that, of course, changes our understanding of how we live, of how we inhabit the world that God has made and of what we're doing here. So it's, I mean, it is a big deal. I can commend that man for one thing. It's at least that he's passionate about whatever it is that he's trying to say. Yeah. I'm still not clear on, like, other than the fact he's like, yeah, Jesus and God, like, well uh, okay so <laughs> all that was to say that is what led me to thinking that maybe it'd be helpful for a podcast episode to talk particularly about how in the scriptures we see that jesus is yeah as the athanasian creed has it perfect god and perfect man
1: because it's like it's easy to believe that you yeah. just like know it for my whole live long life yeah but if you were to say why <laughs> If if I actually, for any circumstance, any need had to point to reasons, I probably could not. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, hopefully we can do that for you here. Yeah.
0: And before we go any further, if you'd like to know a little more about why this is so important, we actually did an episode on this back on December 3rd, 2018. So almost a year ago, the episode was titled, Why Jesus Became a Man, which when I look back on it, might more accurately be titled, Why the Son of God Became a Man, because semantics, you know, Jesus <laughs> actually is like, that's who, anyway, that's... <laughs> for I dig- for I dig- another digress. time. Yes, for another time. Um, But that episode digs into the more theological reasons of why Jesus did have to become a man. Wow, there, I, I did it again, the semantic thing. <laughs> why the Son of God had become a man is the more accurate way to say that. Okay. You you get what I'm saying. But for the purposes of our discussion, before we look at some key passages in Scripture, here's a very important and succinct reason for why this thing matters, okay? At the fundamental level, if the sin of humanity, which we're we are we're just agreeing, we're just a, assuming rather that this is a fundamental problem for mankind, if the sin of humanity is not atoned for, then no human being can be saved from eternal damnation. Mm. We have to pay the price for our sins. Right. Or someone does. So, in order to atone for our sin, offerings were required. More particularly, we need a perfect offering to ultimately atone for our sin, Mm -hmm. right? Which means, in this case, death is required. Yeah. The problem is, only God can be a perfect offering. Only he can do that, which means that only he can truly atone for our sins. And the problem with that is, is, God cannot die. Yeah, that's a hitch. Yeah, by nature, he can't. Unless, that is, he becomes flesh mm. which is exactly what he does through the incarnation of Christ right so that is the i think I, I i don't want to say it's the most important reason that god had to become a man that the son of god had to do this but i mean that is a pretty foundational fundamental important one. Of course. To keep in mind. So, even saying that, I think you can begin to feel the weightiness of this doctrine and sense, yeah, this this is important. You know, this matters. I can see now why all these councils were formed and things were written and why people make zany phone calls. <laughs> so, that being said, I would like to turn to where in the scriptures we see this truth actually demonstrated. Where we see that Christ's full manhood and his full godhood are revealed contrary to what some of our friends might, <laughs> might otherwise postulate. And for the sake of time, because I don't have 50 minutes to... To dig into... All the possible key texts that actually reveal this, I thought it would be helpful to cover at least three, okay. three really important ones that I think actually most Christians have at least some level of familiarity with.
1: And that's about all I can remember, so we're good.
0: There we go. Yes, the three, and you know it's perfect because it's Trinitarian. Oh we'll follow no, Father Son Holy Spirit. Whoa, I'm I'm really like if this guy's listening, he's like really, he's calling me back right now. I know this. He's and he's going to leave me a he's going to leave me a voicemail or something. Um. Uh, so the first passage is John chapter one verses one through three, which is the seminal passage of John, which reads, in the beginning was the word, and the word here being Jesus, being Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Mm. Now, I love this passage. Mm. You know, it's poetic. It is. It's majestic, and it makes a very compelling statement about the divinity of Jesus. (laughs) I don't know why I got like so. I'm like, I'm talking to this guy again. Like, you know, like (laughs) I can feel it, see it, you know? (laughs) Because, like we said, the word in this passage is Christ. And here's something interesting. Maybe this is a little bit of trivia or just fun fact for you. I don't know. But if you were to pick up a Jehovah's Witness translation of the Bible, which is now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's what that guy was. I don't know. But if you pick up a Jehovah's Witness translation of the Bible, they translate verse one as the word was a God, mm. right? Where it says there, the word was with God and the word, our translations read was God, right? Which is like, that's pretty explicit. You know, you're saying Jesus is God. Yeah. Their translation read the word was a God. Is
1: that is that meant to suggest don't? Idol-
0: it's so they're trying to basically say what this guy said: Jesus isn't God; that oh. he is he is a created being. Okay. And as people have to do in these kind of cases, they go to the Greek and they're like, well, the Greek is ambiguous, and if you actually look at it, you know what? It, you know, <laughs> they remove the definite article. So let's actually even grant them this: like, let's oh, okay. let's if we're coming to this verse and we're trying to say this verse shows the divinity of Jesus that he is God. Yeah. Let's even grant like, okay, maybe you know, maybe the Greek's ambiguous, maybe the you know, definite maybe, article is not so. Maybe know, it's ambiguous. So. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it is. Well, there's still the tricky problem of verse. Because even in a Jehovah's Witness translation, verse 3 still reads, All things were made through him, that is, through Christ, through Jesus, through the Word, and without him was not anything made that was made. So, what does that mean, you may ask? Well, if you look at that verse, there are two categories of things in the universe there are things that are made, and there are things that are not Mm. made. Right? Those are the two categories of thing in the universe. Either it was made or it was not made. Yeah. Right? Gotcha. Well, this verse says that everything, everything in the made category was made by who? Him. 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 The Word. Jesus. Jesus. The Word. Christ. Which means, what category does Jesus belong in? Not made. Not made! He belongs in the not made category, which means what? Who is the only possible being, according to Christian theology and teaching and the scriptures, that exists in the not made category? I'm going to go with God. (laughs) That's, who is God? (laughs) (laughs) Playing Jeopardy here. Yes, that's God. So, therefore, according even to that verse, Jesus is God.
1: So, does that mean with verse 3 in mind, the fact that verse 3 is the same, is is it possible that the translation that they have of verse 1 is actually not trying to say anything different? Mm -hmm. It's just interpreted that way and people ran with it.
0: Yeah, that's possible. Because,
1: I mean, even in like our circles of modern Christianity, that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I do wonder.
0: Yeah, and the Jehovah's Witness, we could do a whole episode on that. Hey, oh, there's a podcast series idea. Cult. Oh, you don't have to you don't have to convince me. Ethan's like, there's like, I've already written up an amicus brief, pulls out like a 20 page parchment, you know, like I've got this figured out. You think this is a weird way to the Book of Mormon. <laughs> I think that passage beautifully demonstrates the divinity of Jesus and says, yes, Jesus is God. But here's another passage from John. It's a little more straightforward. It involves dialogue right? So okay. we're moving now from this kind of ethereal, poetic right. moment to this uh, moment of dialogue, okay. right? It's John fourteen eight through 9. This is what we read. We're in the moments before Jesus is about to be betrayed, head to the Garden of Gethsemane. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father.
1: <laughs> I love that he's just like, uh, you know, just uh, just show us the father, and that'll be enough. Just just show us glory our eyes can't withstand, and mortal minds can't comprehend. No big deal, Jesus.
0: <laughs> no, no, come on, that's enough. That'll be enough. <laughs> you do this. Come on, do this. Like Please things do this like thing. yeah, like not even Moses, man. Like do this thing
1: y- that historically no human can withstand.
0: No, yeah, just just no big deal. That'll be enough. That will be the ticket. <laughs> Uh, So, you know, aside from that little fun quandary, Philip's whole dilemma here is that he wants to see God. He wants to see him. He wants to lay his eyes upon him and and behold him, which, okay, to be fair, I don't think that's an abnormal desire. Right. Right? Because we just said, you know, Moses wanted to see God. Mm -hmm. I imagine to one degree or another, we all do. I think there is this ache inside of us that, you know, we want our faith to become sight, as Paul would say it. What's so shocking about Christ's response is that he says, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Like, what? Jesus? No uncertain terms. Yeah, like, come again now? To put it plainly in other words, to behold me, to know me, to love me, is to behold, know, and love the Father. Which, of course, is to behold, know, and love God. Which, again... As you said, in no uncertain terms, brings us back to this doctrine that the Father and Jesus, okay, they're obviously distinct persons, right? But they're one in essence is how the creeds would say it. Or as we say in the Trinitarian formula, when we include the Holy Spirit in this, (laughs) he is one God, but he has three persons. Which is a, uh, a mystery to us. And I don't mean mystery as in like, you know, oh, well, we can't know anything about it. It's just like, this is reality that is so full and all-encompassing. It's like you, you're just stepping into something that you'll not quite fully yeah. be able to wrap your mind what, around.
1: I mean, it goes back to what he's asking. You know, yeah. like we, we believe this, but we believe this thing that our minds can scarcely compute.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. But that passage right there even states it pretty clearly. I don't know that I've, you know, because I, I was thinking, man, what if someone was like, oh, well, he's just speaking, you know, figuratively there. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. But I don't even know that. Like, I've never talked like, oh, if you've seen me and you know me, you know, my dad, like, like you may see hints of him in me, but like, we're completely, completely different. Of course. And it's just like, eh, that's like, no one talks like that. And especially not when you're talking about, I mean, here's the other thing that I, I almost included this passage, but I didn't because it would have taken too long. (laughs) The Jews the religious leaders were going to kill him for saying this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Kill him. And you know why? They said, because you, a mere man, claim to be God when he said things like this. Oh. Yeah. And he didn't go out and say, well, no, that isn't what I said. He just was like, okay. And then left. (laughs) Like... So I just, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. So there's that passage. And then our final passage is the magisterial hymn Ooh. of Paul.
1: Wow. Okay. That's good. I like That's that word $10 again. word. Magisterial
0: hymn wow. of Paul in Philippians 2, 5 through 11, which is fun because depending on, this is just another fun fact, depending on which translation of the Bible you have, they may just write out these verses as if they're just normal prose, but some translations write it out as if it's poetry in a hymn, which is probably more accurate. Okay, But this is what that passage says. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God is highly exalted Now, I think you could preach a whole sermon series on just just those six verses. Yeah. Whole sermon series. Obviously, we don't have time to do that <laughs> um, here. So, we'll just take the uh, quote-unquote, I'm doing the air quotes again, can't see it. I always feel like I have to say that for some reason. Um, Obvious statements made in this passage. Paul explicitly says Christ was in the form of God and had equality with God. I, I don't even know what else to say about that. Like, he was in the form of God.
1: There are limited ways to interpret that.
0: Yeah. Which
1: is that he was in the form of God. <laughs> yeah,
0: <that's>, like, <laughs> Which is, in other words, yeah, he was God. So, I mean, you have that. But then the other thing, Paul says that Christ has been given the name that is above every name. Yeah. Which logically and historically speaking, if you're taking to the scriptures, God has the highest name, right? And people might debate me on this, but historically, you would take that probably to be the name of Yahweh. Okay. Yahweh. The great yeah. I am. I yeah. am who I am. <sighs> nice. Isn't that...
1: Just, really just rolls off the American tongue. It does. It really does. I do <laughs> hope in glory we don't
0: have such <laughs> such stumbling blocks. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> the stumbling blocks God wrote about in scripture. It had nothing to do with, you know, Jesus, you know, sin. It was it was that. It was, you yeah, know, those things. Which which is funny. You talk about stumbling blocks. I'm getting off on a quick rabbit trail here, but when the scribes who were copying scriptures in olden days, mm-hmm. you know, the Hebrew scriptures, if I'm remembering correctly, they would they would take a bath. Like they had to go like cleanse themselves every time they were gonna write that name. And like, oh not like word. they had to get it. They got a new pen. Like they had to do away with that pen.
1: I wonder what their like their least favorite book was. Oh my gosh! <laughs> like, oh, I'm so clean. My skin is drying
0: out. That's like they're like r- you know copying the Psalms, and they're like you know like oh the steadfast word. love of like 118. I think that the name Yahweh is used there. I think uh, somebody's gonna get me on this later. That guy's gonna call back. Actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think that's, Psalm 118 is the one that every other verse goes, the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And I'm pretty sure the way we translate Lord, I think that's Yahweh. I mean, you can imagine they're just like, you just, <laughs> you'd have to
1: make a week long event.
0: That's just, they got like on cycles. So like, they're just like, at this point, we're just going to take turns. It's bath week.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, they would take turns and like use every pen in all the land.
0: Yeah, that's the one. But I digress. Um, so God has the highest name, right? So here's the thing. If Jesus has the name that is above every name, that means at least his name must be equal with God, which theologically speaking, and according to the scriptures, means that he, for lack of just saying it in any way, is God. Because mm. you think about it, Paul didn't say Jesus was given the name above every name except for the name of the Father.
1: Oh, yeah, the um, the almost perfect second best name. <laughs> I I forgot about that one.
0: (laughs) That category, right? Yeah, he didn't say that. He says he has the name above every name. And not to mention the fact that he says every knee will bow to Jesus, which is a kind of glory that God... Will not give to anyone else except for himself. Right, right. Which of course is clear throughout all of Scripture. But I mean, especially you read verses like Isaiah forty two eight and forty eight eleven, where he explicitly says, "My glory, I give to no one else." And then you're saying, "Oh well, but Jesus? I mean, he's going to bow to him. Like, well, but uh, Jesus is, but but Jesus, is someone else?
1: There's a deep just, conflict
0: of interest. Yeah, like it's like, well, which is it? Well, yeah. they're separate persons, but they're one God. Oh, the Trinity? What? <laughs> huh? Ah, oh, but that's not a thing. So those are just three passages, just three examples. Yeah. We didn't even touch on when Thomas looks at Jesus and says, my Lord and my God and worships him. And we didn't look at the times that Jesus accepted worship right. from people. Or that, you know, the... I
1: mean, you see that like angels all the time get worshiped. And they're like, hey, bro, don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't, like, uh uh-uh.
0: Stop that. But Jesus, they bow down and worship him. And he's like, yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, we didn't even get into any of that or any of the other complicated passages in like Colossians or Ephesians or anything like that like that mm. hopefully those three white your appetite maybe you'll you'll dig in more you know yeah maybe not if not you know hopefully this is at least an encouragement to your faith yeah and uh, a uh, an encouragement to uh continue to believe and trust in the one who is as the Nicene Creed has it mm. true god of true god very god of very god oh wow light from light that's a thing i like that i just like that a lot just <laughs> mm, this feels good just feels right so yeah is Jesus actually God? I'd say yeah.
1: We, bl- we you, believe so. Yeah.
0: If you trust and read the scriptures, then yeah, you know, that's what you'd say. So it's fun. Who knew that a zany phone call would lead to all this? It was, it was fun. That and was I wonder if that, that guy would be so ticked off that like now I'm like continuing to further propagate the <laughs> idea that Jesus is God through, you know.
1: I hope you get more calls because yeah. it's just, it's, it's a, it's a lark.
0: It is a lark. Whoa, that's a. It's a good term. I like that. It's good. It's a lark. Well, thank you for listening. If you have questions about this, if you have any zany things for me? Yeah. Or Ethan. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. And if you enjoy our content, you are helped by it. If you want to continue to further the message that Jesus is true God and true man, you can uh, go to the iTunes store and leave us an honest five-star review. Because as Ethan likes to say-
1: It's the only kind of honest, and it's the only kind of five. True that.
0: (laughs) Mm. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.